God bless you and welcome to today's inspiration. Thank you for joining us and allowing us into your living room from our living room. Today is a very special day for me. Um, I am sitting here with a young man who, um, of course, when this, when you see this, his birthday will be passed, but we're recording this today on January 25th. Um, he's turned 26 years old today. This is a young man that has been through the fire. This is a young man that has um, been through things that most 26-year-olds maybe have not faced, or maybe there are those of you that are tuning in that need hope, that need deliverance, that need um, to hear God, need help. Um, so first of all, we want to open up in prayer for you. I'm believing today is your day for salvation. Today is the day for your deliverance. So Heavenly Father God, I thank you for every soul tuning in to this program that Today's word will bring encouragement, deliverance, and salvation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. I want to introduce to you Dallas Williams. Yes, he's my son, but he's more than just a son. Um, he's a man of God who, when I got pregnant with him, it was turmoil from conception. And we've had a rough road to get where we are today, needless to say. Um, he didn't like me when he was born, and I did not like him because we both were very, very sick during a long period of time. And the enemy truly tried to kill this young man. I can't even tell you how many times in his life. And I want you to hear his story. This is the first time at 26 years old that he is releasing his testimony. Of He's a five-year Marine veteran. He is sober for Almost. 16 months. Yeah. Be 17 months, the 8th of February. And I want you to hear his story. I want to warn you, if you have little children in the room, maybe they shouldn't hear this because it's going to be real. It's going to be raw and very transparent of a young man coming from the pit of hell into a place of victory and is still working on that victory. It's not all complete yet. <laughs> but I believe that what is in him is going to help you come to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Scripture says that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. I believe that there are those with the sound of my voice right now that are so bound up and in a prison and you have lost the key in how to walk out. And I believe today is the day that you're going to hear something from Dallas's testimony that's going to give you the key to unlock the prison that you're in. So stay tuned, watch, listen. I pray that you have ears to hear his story from not a preacher standpoint, okay? This is from a man who found God in the midst of it. Tell us, tell us about you. Where do you want to begin? Oh, um... I guess uh, before the Marine Corps, what made me join the Marine Corps, I was in uh, I was in a pit. I decided that I wanted to start having people accept me for who I wasn't what who I wasn't, and that was the partying dude. Um, I, I did do drugs. I was just dabbling with marijuana and. Uh, I tried cocaine at the time, but I wasn't really like big into it. Tried a few pills, um, and my life wasn't going anywhere. Um, 
I remember one day that my mom like told me, what are you gonna do after high school? Because if you keep doing drugs, you're not gonna stay here. And then a few weeks later, I decided I was gonna join the Navy. And when I decided I was gonna join the Navy, um, they didn't stay on me. They, they didn't um, stay and they didn't um, keep in touch because I kept smoking the weed. I wouldn't stop and uh, so they gave up. Uh, and then like literally two weeks later, uh, I'm sitting in a, it's a, uh, it was a park. And I remember having a, uh, a blunt in my bag and my buddy was doing a pulley function. He was gonna go work out with the other uh, pulleys. Right, and that's right before you join the Marine Corps, you become a pool and then you go to boot camp. And uh, I went to a bathroom and I started smoking and uh, one of my buddies uh, was doing some burnouts outside and I go over there and a cop shows up and I'm sitting here and I'm kind of scared obviously because I have like just a burnt out roach in my bag and I'm trying to get away from a cop obviously. Um, that was just a bad timing and uh, he let me go and I think that was God. Uh, and uh, I, went to, I went back to the car and when I went back to the car, uh, the staff sergeant, he decided to come up to the window, start asking me questions. And I told him the whole spill. And I told him I'm not ready to give up, give up weed. And uh, he, was, he said one thing that kind of stuck with me at the time. And he said, uh, weed was gonna always be there, even, even after you get out of the Marine Corps. So I started going to church and I got sober for marijuana and everything. And, um, started finding my relationship in God again because while well, my parents have been pastors since I was a little kid, I've always had a relationship. I just never, I just kept putting him in, on the shelf. I didn't want to look at him because I didn't want to feel all the conviction that uh, us Christians will feel if we uh, fall into sin. And then uh, I kept pushing. I, uh, I remember my first prophetic dance was in the church right before I joined the Marine Corps. You need to explain that a little bit, the prophetic dance, what that does for you. Well, that's later down the road. Okay. And um, didn't really know what it was at the time. I just knew it was me dancing. And uh, then I get a call a few weeks later. Uh, I got to graduate early to join the Marine Corps. And they said, we have a spot open, open contract, which means I don't get to pick my job or anything because I scored very low on the ASVAB. Wasn't that, well, I am smart, but I didn't care enough about in school to actually like learn. And uh, I went to the Marine Corps and I did all basic. I went through the first year and then it was December 15th. Uh, I got shipped out to Okinawa for two years. And that's where it all went downhill. Nah, they don't call us devil dogs for any reason. I think the Marine Corps is very, very, uh, and I'm sorry if you are a Marine that's gonna watch this, but it is a very demonic uh, branch. Uh, no one wants to believe it. And I'm not talking bad about the Marine Corps. I'll never take it away from my story. I will never regret going, but um, we are called devil dogs for a reason. And that word devil, it's a living, breathing, thing in the Marine Corps. So would you say that that 
was an open gate just that right there because they looked at you to be the frontliners. you have to be the toughest you can't have emotions you can't have feelings let alone try to have a relationship with christ jesus even though they offered services for you to go to and things do you think that just by calling you all the devil dogs that that was a gate it definitely that was. ushered in what you're about to tell everyone yes i Stronghold believed that the Marine Corps opened the door for me to become a man that I wasn't supposed to ever be. But I also do believe God knew that I was going to have to go in the Marine Corps to control my addiction. He knew that if I didn't go in the Marine Corps, I would probably be dead in a ditch, strung out or overdosed. But he had to put me in a more controlled environment. I think he wanted me to join the Navy at first, but because of my flesh led to the Marine Corps. And who didn't want to wear those dress blues? I'm not going to lie. They are beautiful. And uh, in, in that, when you went to Okinawa and you started entertaining sin and it was pulling you away from the Lord, did during that time, did you still feel the Holy Spirit nagging at you or did you come to a point that you totally just put a wall up and refused to listen to the Holy Spirit? At the very beginning, I wasn't really thinking. All I wanted to do was make friends. I was the first boot. It, well, I was the first new Marine, which is a new Marine in the fleet is called a boot. Um, I was first new Marine in the CLV-31, Combat Engineers platoon. They haven't seen a new Marine in over like two years, so I'm like fresh meat to them. I remember my first night, uh, my roommate, we went beer to beer, which he drinks a beer, I have to keep up with him. And like, it was like two cases later, I'm passed out. And I, I remember waking up like four o'clock in, in the morning with like 10 Marines in my room, uh, beating me up, um, tearing up my room. Well, my side of the room. And uh, that was just the start. That's uh, um, they made me go in my bathroom and they made me start screaming. Uh, they made me un get undressed, throw me in the shower, and then uh, that happened over and over again. And finally, some other Marines come in, and I thought it would give up, but it didn't light up. I remember uh, it was January time, and we were uh, getting back to uh, getting ready for deployment. And uh, I remember it happened again, but this time it got worse. Every time I got uh, infiltrated on these Marines, it just kept escalating and, and escalating. Would you say this was a, a form of hazing? Um, I, I think hazing is a downgrade of what was happening to me. Hazing is more of like, this is like, a hazing part was when I got my sternum rub. It was when all the engineers would jump on you and they'll give you a sternum, sternum rub, they'll put tourniquets on your legs, and they'll slap you, uh, slap you around, beat up on you. That would be hazing. To me, this was more, this is, this is children acting like children, being bullies. It was, you could, I, I felt the hatred. And, and you were a child in school that was bullied. Yeah. Um, and, and I want to, let our listeners know why is he telling you all of this 
is because it's to lay a foundation of this was a place in his mind that he was in prison. And the bullying and the hating, it doesn't just happen in the Marine Saints of God. Um, this, was, this is his story. It happens in all forms of life. But for you to understand what true deliverance is from the Father and the love of the Father, you're going to have to hear the hard stuff first. And we have always said when, we, when my husband and I began ministry that we would be a ministry that was of truth. It was real and raw no matter how hard it was to hear it. But so that you could see what God can do in the midst of the most horrible storms. And I know that there are those of you right now that are, is in a very dark place. Our nation is in a very dark place. People are coming out against people. Leaders are coming out against leaders. And you've got to hear the real and the raw so you can see that there is victory. And I promise you, I'm a woman of God who have been through many mountains, many valleys. And I know what it is to be set free. And I know what it is to see so much darkness and, and you feel like you're choking it. But then when God gives you breath. And so I, I just, I want you to have the ears to hear the whole story, even though this is raw. And there may be veterans on here. You know the truth. You know, and you may be sitting there in bondage. You may be sitting there bound up because you are afraid to talk about it. I'm here to tell you that God already knows you're not going to shock him. You may shock people, but that's okay. If they walk away, they weren't meant to be in your circle anyway. So I encourage you to listen to this story as we proceed. Go ahead, Dallas. I don't know where to start. Um... Okay, let's go to when you embarked on your first ship. Um, and where oh, all of this? No, you could probably remember uh, when I was, it was like two days before the ship uh, that we got on, got on White Beach. Um, we, uh, there is a tradition that everyone has to shave their head. And I thought it was just going to be a simple shave head. No, they forced alcohol on that whole night. And uh, we had a. No, you said forced. Does that mean they really forced you or you had a choice? Well, Did you ever have, have a, a choice. choice? Everyone has a choice. Everyone has a choice to do anything, but it's the repercussions of those choices that you got to deal with. Um, I didn't want to deal with those repercussions again. So I ended up drinking and uh, they called it a boot fight night. And uh, you have all the engineers circled up and uh, the boot gets to pick out uh, who they want to fight, and I didn't want to fight anyone, but I chose uh, my uh, sen my senior, and he did knock me out uh, three times. And when I asked, I think he they said that I need to hydrate, so I thought they were giving me a bottle of water. They gave me a bottle of Grey Goose vodka, and uh, then they pushed me right back in the circle. And all I remember is that uh, night is that they threw me in the bathroom naked. Um, I started puking on myself and then throw me on the tub and they shaved my head. And I remember calling you that morning. Um, I think I had a black eye or something. Mm -hmm. And um, I puked right right when she answered the phone. I like just puked. And um, then I got, then we went to White Beach and I hung up the phone and I had to leave. And it did not give up. Uh, deployment, um, I remember it was my first country I went to was Malaysia. Um, Obviously, being the young man I am, being a Marine, uh, my hormones were crazy, so I opened another door. It was uh, sexual. Uh, um, I did get with women. 
and I'm new at this, <laughs> but um, I was dealing with that. Uh, I think it's the word prostitution, and um, I dealt with that on the first deployment. And after deployment, I come, I uh, get home. It's like the same thing in Okinawa. You come back, you get ready for the next deployment. I went on four deployments, and. It was my second appointment when I almost committed suicide. Um, I remember uh, it was not letting up. I was getting beat up every day. Um, I remember my birthday has passed and my mom sent me a journal. So I started writing to God. That's where my prayer life has started. And nothing was changing, but I kept writing. And I gave up one night. It was like at three o'clock in the morning. and. Uh, I sat up on the side of the smoke pit on the ship, and I don't know, I think we were going to the Philippines, and uh, I was looking over at the sea, I was looking at the moon in the ocean because of the reflection, and I wanted to jump off. I was going to jump off, but my buddy uh, David Tippy, he uh, comes out there and um, he saved my life. Uh, he said, we're gonna get through this. And we smoked like two packs of cigarettes just sitting out there. And he helped me that day because I probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. And then uh, I lost a lot. I lost a few Marines. Um, my buddy talking, and I love him to death and I miss him today. Uh, I, don't, I, I pray that he's in heaven because he was not coherent or in the right mindset to on what happened to him. But he did, uh, he, he hung himself, but I don't, I don't believe he did it willingly. I think he was in a rabbit hole that he didn't know how to get out of and the drugs or the alcohol, it led him to that because he had the Holy Spirit in him. But this unit, uh, it was just, we lost so many Marines in this one unit and that tears a person down. <sighs> it's okay. Because there's gonna be a soul that's gonna be saved because of your testimony. I also dealt with uh, sexual assault with other men. Uh, the homosexuality was a spirit that's been chasing me since I was a young boy. Um, I have kissed men, I have cuddled with men in my drunk state, never when I'm sober. And I think that's kind of, uh, that tells you um, the demonic spirits that it gets attached with alcohol. But I finally get back from Okinawa. After two years of all this, uh, the last five months was not that bad because all the senior um, enlisted Marines were, um, left and went to different units. Um, some stayed, and I, uh, but it, was, it got easier. I became a senior. And then because of me being a child, I was, what was done to me, I kind of done it back to the younger Marines that only gave me attitude, which by no means uh, means uh, to fight to get uh, your point across. Uh, 
Then um, I finally get to Camp Lejeune was my next duty station and I was so addicted to alcohol I didn't realize um, that's how I coped. I, I, I didn't start feeling for a very long, like I stopped all my feelings. Like I turned them all off uh, when I was in Oki. And um, I get to Camp Lejeune and... But it progressed from the alcohol because it wasn't numbing you. Yeah, I started seeking fights. Uh, in Oki, I was seeking fights to feel pain. Uh, when I got back to Camp Lejeune, I almost got, uh, uh, I went to, almost went to military jail a few times from just fighting MPs or other Marines just to feel, I would lose on purpose. Um, let, let me explain. When one substance is not helping you, you will find another way. Um, in this, he wanted to fight. Everybody, he wanted to fight constantly. I remember him calling me and him wanting to fight someone. Just let me beat him up. Just let me beat him up. It wasn't the point of beating someone up. It was causing someone else pain so he wouldn't feel the pain. But that shortly went away. Now, you're probably saying, well, as a mother, you know, wh what were you doing? I was on my knees continuously. I remember a time when he was in Okinawa. He had just gotten there, and the Holy Spirit woke me up in the middle of the night. This is how amazing God is through all of this. Now, you've heard what he's saying so far, and there's going to be a part two to this. Um, the Holy Spirit woke me up and says, he's in a place he should not be. Call him. I loved FaceTime. And I called him, and he was drunk, and he was in... Um, a strip club. A strip club. <laughs> and was in a position he should not have been in. And I said, you get your sorry tush out of that place. And he says, Mom, how did you? Never mind. Why he answered the phone is beyond me. Calls me the next day. He knew the Holy Spirit had told on him. The Holy Spirit always told me what was going on. But as a mother of an adult who is a Marine, who has learned how to fight combat, who has shot more guns than I have ever even thought about shooting, you know, and everybody always thought, hey, he's Mr. GQ, he's good looking, he's a Marine. And it was all that puffing up when they did not know what was going on underneath. But I did. Because as I opened up here, I said that we had a very tumultuous relationship. When Dallas became a, um, a teenager, we got to be very, very close and had a lot of three o'clock in the morning conversations, but it wasn't enough. I didn't even know it wasn't enough. So as a mother, I stayed on my knees. I stayed praying. I stayed calling out to God. Jeremiah 33 says that when you call upon his name and you seek his face, that he will surely answer. He will answer. He will answer, but it's not in my time. I wanted everything to be miraculous. I wanted him to lay down the drugs. I wanted him to lay down the alcohol. I wanted him to stop the fornicating. I wanted it to stop, but I couldn't make him make that decision. So his father and I, we had to watch from afar until he asked for help. Fast forward, Camp Lejeune, he was serving. He had then got promoted. We went over. My, my husband got to pin him, and we thought everything was good. And he put on a really good show for us when really he was dying inside. All he wanted was to die. And there were times that I got phone calls in the middle of the night saying, Mom, I want to die. I'm done. I just want to die. And I would pray him through. I can't tell you how many times he called 
to say, Mom, I want to die. Me having no idea of what you heard, I just started hearing about a year and a half, two years ago when we brought him home. And this story is going to continue. Um, so I want to pray with you right now. I want to pray that something in his story awakened you. That maybe you have buried something so deep under the rug and that rug needs to be pulled off so you can be delivered and the gunk come out. That's what we've had to do with him. We've had to bring him through deliverance and he's still going through it. But we had to pull the carpet up and hear the ugly. And from a parent's standpoint, that is the hardest thing to hear, the ugly. But you listen, you cry with them, you hold them, and you pray. I, I'm praying that there's something that is that rug is pulled up today. And I want you to stay tuned and watch the next episode because this is just the beginning of the story. Heavenly Father God, we thank you for this very hour, Father God, that all those that have tuned in right now, Father God, that there is a trigger to say, I need help, and that they will have the courage to reach out and say, I need help, Lord God. Lord God, protect them. I speak life and I speak life more abundantly to the souls that are watching right now because there is life and there is life more abundantly. And God says that when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. Remember that the truth shall set you free no matter how hard it is to hear. The truth shall set you free. So if the sun makes you free, you'll be free indeed. We thank you for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We love you, but Jesus loves you. I appreciate y'all watching uh, our show uh, this evening. If there's anything, anything whatsoever that you have heard that has uh, spoken to your heart uh, and, uh, and you feel the need to either rededicate your life or uh, turn your life over to Jesus, uh, I encourage you uh, to, uh, to uh, reach out to us. Uh, we would be more than happy to speak with you uh, either on the phone or, or via email or however. You can reach out to us uh, and, uh, and it's easy. We can say a prayer for you. Uh, I, it's, 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 Jesus says uh, to Nicodemus, uh, that you must be born again yes. uh, to enter into uh, the kingdom of heaven. Uh, so I encourage you uh, to turn your life over. Uh, if you need to rededicate, uh, that, that is also to turn your life back to. Repentance is simply turning from where the direction that you were going to a new direction. You're no longer a, uh, the old uh, person that you are, but you become a new person through the gift of salvation. So I encourage you to reach out to us at eaglewingsfaith.org. Uh, you can click on the tab, uh, contact us, uh, and you can put it through the website, or you can email us straight, ewfmchurch uh, at gmail.com. Um, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, God bless you, and we will see you later.